CJ Sabog, number 15. The speed of Pico, he's in, score, Sabog, for another union. The sprint by Elsinio, flag stays down, Elsinio is in. Hello, this is the Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW's Greg Orlandini. This week, the Philly Soccer Pages, Mike Cervetio and I get you ready for the Union's Saturday match against Real Salt Lake. Uh, Union win. Union win. It's, t- you know, it's a rare thing to say on the show, but the Union win. And I thought, uh, overall, good performance. I think there's definitely things you could kind of pick apart about it. Uh, most obviously, Burke's red card. But before that, he played very well and uh, got a goal and was exciting to watch. I thought Fafa, him and Fafa were really interesting and exciting to watch uh, in that match. <laughs> I still can't get over that move Ray Gad has had coming up on the left, shaking and baking, you know, losing a couple defenders and getting a real cracking shot off. I, I, I thought he was going to curl it in. <laughs> I thought he was going to curl it in. I almost lost it in my living room. <laughs> and I, I, I was uh, tweeting the game for Philly Soccer Page, and my, my tweet was, who is that Ray Gattis? Yeah, that, Where has that guy been I've forever? Never, never seen him, even on his favorite side on the right, do something like that. Yeah, but that was, was, that, was a, you know, that was a little exciting moment. And, uh, I mean, then he ends up with an assist later in the game right. on, on a great left-footed cross. Right, right. And, you know, with Burke's a very good header and uh, – Harris Madunian got on on the goal sheet. Yeah, with a, with a right footed shot. With a right footed shot, very up is down, left is right. Always strange things always yeah. happen in Montreal for the Union. Always yeah. some kind of shenanigans happen up there, and uh, and this game was no exception. And it was, like I said, it was a good game. It was the uh, pretty pretty exciting. Good. It was a good game in the fact that it was two fairly non skilled teams playing yeah. against each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's funny, I was you know talking to Matt Leon on the air, I did a little on the air thing with Matt uh, on KWS radio. That. You like that? Yeah. yeah right. um, and I sa- and I said, you know, with this, with the, he asked me kind of what, what, this uh, this road swing. What does it tell you? I said they could probably play with the teams around them, but teams kind of above them, they 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 are really outclassed. And you saw that. I mean, I thought they played. Could have easily gotten a point at at Columbus, gotten a nil nil. One mistake, well, okay, a series of mistakes on one play, and Columbus was able to capitalize, and they walk out of there with nothing. Toronto played him completely off the park. Just Union got no any kind of footing in that game whatsoever. We're completely outclassed for ninety minutes, and you know they go up against a Montreal team that's like you said, not that dissimilar to them, and. On quality level and things like that, and they they walked out of there with a win. You play that game ten times, it's probably five five. Honestly, yeah. though, just because, like I said, they're so close. There was tons of chances know. in that game. Yeah, th- there were. I, I don't Montreal's know. defense was uh, was porous. Well, I mean the 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 Harris goal, and I'm curious because I'm mean, at the George were getting it on on Twitter talking about why Com didn't get a no, assist he on that. Poked it over. Not only didn't he get assist, he even get credit with the pass. If you look at the chalkboard on MLS yeah. dot com, didn't even get. It wasn't even considered a pass, which was strange. I don't yeah. understand the rule. Uh, if, you know, if anybody out there is smarter than we are, and, and then there's millions of you, uh, if you could, you know, if 
you have a handle on what that rule is, you want to tweet at us or send us a link or something like that, we would appreciate it. But, you know, I thought a comp played well. And I, th- I, I, I he played okay, I think, in a limited role, limited time. I think they just shot him out of a cannon for those last, well, for that's, his that's last a, few minutes he played. I mean, I was calling for him to come on from halftime because I didn't think Marcus Epps really got involved in the game. No, he really didn't. And there was a ton of space out there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then, you know, especially after it goes 10, 10 on 10, after two red cards, Get David Akam out there. The guy has been in a rut all season. Yeah. Get him going against a team that's just backing off and backing off and backing off. And when you have a ton of room on the, the pitch, yeah. I thought that was a good opportunity to use him. I thought he was okay when he came in. Uh, he did, I, I think he, no matter what it's chalked up as, he did get an assist and, mm-hmm. and really did force the uh, Montreal defender to cough up the ball. Yeah, that was that was effort, and you haven't seen a ton of effort out yeah. of him. And that was you know he didn't. That was a play. It was you know it was very bad. The, very sloppy play yes. from Montreal, but Akam had the wherewithal to kind of read the situation, jump on it, fight off the defender, get the ball, you know, into space to Harris, and Harris, you know, had, had a very nice, uh, very nice finish on it. I don't know about very nice finish, but at least it went in. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an off speed hey. pitch off the post, <laughs> but hey, they all count for one. We'll take it. We'll take it <laughs> at this point. We'll take it. Um, I I I want to go back to Corey Burke for a minute though, kay. because. All right, let's let's start with the, the boneheaded play. That's a that's a red card no matter what. I don't think that there's anybody out there that's going to yeah. argue that's a terrible two-footed tackle. It's a tackle you don't have to make 35 yards out from the Montreal goal yeah, yeah, yeah. on a guy that's just making an eight-yard pass. It's like my fan instinct always gets in, oh, that's that's harsh. That's And then you look at it, it's like, nah, it was yeah, really I don't not. Think, I don't think good. anyone argued it. He kind of he gave that frowny face and he walked off like yeah, he knew what like he had done. The walk of shame. I mean, and, and it's unfortunate. I, th- I think you've been able to see it when, when Burke has come on in the, the couple of games that he's played early in the season where he does play on that little bit of an edge. You know, he's not afraid to get involved in a physical no. tussle. He's not afraid to throw in a tackle. And I think he's he's a little unpolished in that area. And I think when you play a guy like that in this kind of situation, it's the risk you have. I think you, it's the, the whole risk-reward thing. I think mm-hmm. he played very well up to that point. And I thought that was a terrible mistake that almost cost his team the game, or, or at least two points. Right, right. And it was, but I really like his game. Because it's such a contrast to CJ, especially CJ, kind of where he is right now, not you know not playing all that great and not being all that as involved in the game in the plays you want him to be. Burke kind of seeks the game out more yeah. than CJ does. He'll drop back a little bit, look for the ball. You know, he'll run out of defense. He wants the ball at yeah, his feet. When was feet. the last time you saw CJ Sapong face up the defense and run out of central just a, center that, back? It that doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. That really doesn't happen. No, and that goes back to my complaint, I guess, about CJ and that playing him as a lone striker, you're crippling yourself a little bit because you could use him as your hold up guy with somebody behind him that can run at a defense. And, yep. you know, if you could see an Akam or Burke playing off of a CJ and just somebody that gets ahead of steam and runs at a defense and or is able to stretch the defense as Sapong's. Or or attack space. This is Bong Sapong is like, you know, tying up defenders. That might help your offense, but you know we that's ground we've covered. But just seeing somebody that can go out there and get a full head of steam and run at the center backs with the ball at his feet or running to space and waiting, you know, anticipating a pass or it just it it gave the team such a different look, and especially with. You know, Fafa out there for most of the game for the game, using his speed and his ability to get behind, and you know he's a good passer from the from the wing and all that. I think, yeah, it was nice to see Epps get a chance. He 
you could tell he, like you said, he wasn't in the flow. I of it. I, yeah, he didn't get into it. Um, I, I agree. I agree with Fafa though. I thought Picot was involved uh, for for the whole match right until they took him off in stoppage mm-hmm. time. Um, I thought he did a really good job getting up and down the wing. Yeah, yeah. I, the the knock on him is the same knock that I've had since last season too. Is that the final third decision making is erratic at best? Yeah. No. Uh, it, it, and, and he did have. I mean, I think especially he had a, a really good cross in the first half that no one was able to get a. Foot, oh, that was Burke actually. Mm-hmm. But um, he had a uh, good cross in the second half that I didn't think anybody could get a, a foot on, and um, he, he did. He, he did a good job on the ball and pushing the the team further upfield, mm-hmm. which was a real struggle in the Columbus game last Wednesday where they hardly had a touch near the Columbus 18-yard box. No, it was another game where kind of the leading edge of your attack just wasn't there and you're not getting touches and good spots. And I mean, that was the Toronto game too, but there was myriad things wrong with that game. But again, in the Columbus game, which was a game you thought you could get get something, they just didn't generate anything, any kind of opportunity. Yeah. And they still should have walked out of there with a point because CJ Zapong has a shot from four yards out saved by the goalkeeper on the, right. on the on the dying embers of that game. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah, and now, now you have another selection issue. It doesn't sound like CJ is going to play. No. I, don't think, I think he's probably a week or two away, at, least, at minimum, at minimum. Yeah, I mean, uh, from all accounts, he was practicing off to the side today. Yeah. It sounds like he's got a contusion. Yeah, I mean, it's good he's getting out there. He's not yeah. like, you know, he's not laid Contusion off. is a frustrating injury because it's, uh, you know, it doesn't let you move freely, mm-hmm. but it, it's also not like a, a broken bone where you can right. set it and it's going to heal. It's just something that you have to wait on. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I had just, one and it's it's not comfortable. Yeah, it's just, you know, like you said, it's just something you got to wait, wait with and just, you know, keep stays working with the trainers and... Hopefully it stays loose and all that. It doesn't lead to anything else. And now Burke, you don't have Burke, so that gives yeah. you Jay Simpson. Jay Simpson. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Jim also mentioned that he could run an attack with uh, David Akam or Fafa Paco up top. Playing like kind of a false nine false thing. False nine thing. That'd be... I mean, you also, I, I think Fabian Herbers is still on this team somewhere. He's playing. He was once a striker. He, he's, I, I saw, yeah, he was. He's. Amazing how he just fell off the table, and gone. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play. You know, he didn't play that great early on. But again, not a lot of people didn't play that great early on, or and are still not playing all that great. Um, but he got, he got singled out, so for whatever reason, and yeah, he you could run Herbers out. He's playing for Bethlehem, so I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Um, so he might be off the table. He could probably make the eighteen, maybe just because you're, you're short, you're short-handed, but. Yeah, I'd like to see in a, in a calm up top where he's just working in space. He doesn't have to really defend, and he's got just kind of some more room up, up in the center playing, you know, playing like a withdrawn forward. Yeah, I'd like to see. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would. That'd be fun. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to think about Jay Simpson anymore. You know, the salary numbers came out uh, last week, and he's the fifth highest paid player on the team, or something like mm-hmm. that. And the he got a raise. Got... <laughs> he got a raise from last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was a bad signing. I mean, at this point, there's no other. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the sample size of what we've seen is so limited. The guy hasn't started since yeah. last April. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I mean, he, if, if, you, if you don't get a start on Saturday, I guess, I guess it's, it's over. Yeah, I mean, you he's, might as well he's just release your, the guy. You know, uh, he's one of your three bona, you know, bona fide, quote-unquote, strikers that you have on the team. 
and you don't start him when you know one guy's suspended, one guy's hurt. Yeah. Then you know he's he's not good enough. Then yeah. then he it, it was a bad signing. Yep. I don't, I don't know Looking how more like even that. if he does start and doesn't you know and doesn't do anything, it's still not a great signing. So that's that's kind of what they're looking at. I, I, Jim got a little different with the selection in Montreal. Maybe he continues that trend and you know runs out in a calm at the top and kind of a false nine or withdrawn kind of forward thing. It's no guarantee that's happening. No, I, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, no, I really don't. Talking about selection, what yes. did you think of uh, McKenzie starting? Thought he played well. Thought, yeah, yeah. You know, didn't notice him very much, which is a good thing. Which in your is good, back. certainly is, and seems like him and Austin knew knew where each other would be, and there wasn't that kind of betting in situation you get with center backs sometimes, and where it's just not that comfortable with each other, and you know, one's leaving space or something like that. I thought, yeah, and and to deal with a pretty you know, for all Montreal's problems, I do have a. Some pretty good offensive players, and yeah, you know, and I thought Mackenzie uh, and Rosenberry did a really good job on Piotti. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, and Piotti. I, I think Piotti had one really good scoring opportunity where yeah. he rounded Rosenberry. Yeah, Piotti who, in like, the first who, half. But, Piotti who like religiously kills the Union. Yeah, uh, I thought outside of like one or two chances in the first half, they didn't really let him get involved. I thought Rosenberry did a pretty good yeah. job on him when he floated out there, and then Mackenzie did a, a, a good job when he came inside. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, you know, listening to Jim's press conference today, it sounded like it might be a little bit of a toss-up between McKenzie and Elliott going forward, depending on matchups mm-hmm. and depending on... What was Elliott's situation last I, week? It was a, I think it was just a coach's decision. He was on the bench. Yeah. So he, was on the, he was in the 18. He was the backup center back. Kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I, I, you know, if it was just the, the third game in eight days right, or whatever, he wanted to get some, want to get, get some... Yeah, just get some rotation in there. It's... it's yeah, it would be interesting to see what he what Curtin does going forward with that. If you know, also when we have a rotation now at center back, yeah, be interesting to see what goes forward. Um, again, too with Fabinho, where he is health wise, I think he should. It, it be, should be available for Saturday. Should be available. Saturday, like he came out of the Columbus game with cramps. Yeah, um, and then I think they just gave him the the, the day off against. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, uh, Montreal he's, he's he's an old guy now, so you got yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he's the wily veteran on the team. So. I mean, I I, I think you. If Fabinho's healthy, I think you go with him at left back on Saturday. Uh, RSL is a team that you probably should beat at home. They're not one of the stronger clubs in the Western no, they're, Conference. Yeah, they're they're just over the playoff line. They haven't won on the road yet this year. Yeah, um, cross country trip coming to yeah. to Philly. I, I think Philly should see more of the ball. Um, so I would want a more offensive left back. Um, and I, I don't think you can count on the performance you got from Ray Gattis no. every week because no, that no. was certainly an exception to the rule. No, I give, yeah. It was nice to see, but I, th- I think in terms of real attacking options down that left side, it's it's Fabinho. Yeah, I'd give Fab a run out, especially if you go with Simpson and either have Pacal or Akam on the, on the left. You want somebody that can overlap yeah. with those guys, so, and Fabinho will do that for you. Um, Yeah, so the salaries came out. I don't have them in front of me, but just – Recalling them, I think a lot of the discussion was, yes, the union will spend money on salaries. Are they doing it properly? I think that's the oh. issue. They're they're below the line in the Eastern Conference. They've won three games. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, <laughs> I'm going to say no. <laughs> the, the issue is, and we've talked about this, that they spend, I think we even talked about last week, they spend so much money on the six and the eight. Right. And have kind of his, historically, and, and those aren't the guys that change games for you usually. Right. You can spend on sixes and eights when you spe- already have spent on nines and tens. Right, which they haven't done. Right. They Let's, have this year. Well, if you count. Josh Cowell is making $1.7 well, okay. million. Which, exactly. But here, I, I think that this is the issue people have. Yes, they're, they're, they're spending one point whatever million salary-wise on Dutch Cal. I don't know how much the Chinese team is paying that. Yeah. I don't know if that's the full his full salary. Yeah, I don't know either. And that's like the MLS salary, and there's like maybe a couple million that's on the books for China. I don't know. So you, you're spending money, that much on him, about that much on Bedoya. I think Harris is under that. Yep. So you're, you you know you're you're spending that on salary, but you don't spend on transfer. Right. You don't have yeah. that ready pot of cash to go out and get a guy. Uh, you know, we could we could sit here and argue and debate about whether Rooney going to DC is a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's something that could happen and something that people are, will talk about, but we could argue that. But DC apparently has that pot of cash right. to go out there and make it make a transfer move. Mm-hmm. The union don't. The union or if they do, they're not using it, which is insane. But it doesn't seem I'm like I'm going to go with they don't. They don't. That's why you have the situation where you where you have to go through all these hoops to get a, a Dutch cow to kind of pry him off of this, off the Chinese team, Chinese uh, pro team. Some kind of lo- loan deal with them that may or may not have that doesn't have a, a buy clause in it, which is strange. That you put yourself in these positions, and they've done that historically. You go back to Fernando Aristegueta, where they had to cook up this loan deal. First, it was a six month loan, then they got it to the end of the year, and you know, ended up he was being he was hurt, but he was a guy you could have signed, you could have made the transfer move for that could have helped you. you know, it, they just don't have that ready amount of cash to go out there and make a move like that. I, yeah, it really seems that way, and it's it's a frustrating thing. Like you said, you know, DC's considering spending upwards of $10 million on a guy like Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think the union fans are looking for, for all types of signings that are that big, but a transfer fee of $1 to $2 million for a DP-level striker, mm-hmm. That's, that, that should just be standard practice in MLS at this point for everybody, including the right. Philadelphia Union. I mean, they, they moved you have the, to spend some money on player transfers. They moved you the, have to identify the positions that you need and then find the players that fit those positions. And if you have to pay for them, you have to pay for them. This is how the game works. Right. And they made the move, the $1.2 million, but that was the TAM money to get a comp. So that's not out yeah, of a... That's re- not Jay Sugarman's money. That's not the union's money. That's, no, that's MLS the, funny money. That's the the funny money that gets moved around, which is fine. Good. We should. You, everybody should be using yeah. that, too. I yeah, agree. It, it, sh- it shouldn't be a shock that they did that. And it was a huge, oh, my God, the union did what? It shouldn't be a shock at this point, like you said. But, you know, so they use that, the, the TAM money, to get calm. But they don't, like you said, they don't have this ready resource of cash to go out and get somebody. 
and we, we sit there and wring our hands. Well, DC's getting Wayne Rooney, but how how good is is he? Da 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 da. But if the union say we're going to try and get a Fernando Torres, I think everybody would be pretty excited about that, or a lot of people would be. Yeah, I, I would be. It would get people talking. It would be. It would, and it, it shows. And who knows how successful it would be, but it would show ambition. Yeah. And But I mean the union have decided that they're they're not a team that shows ambition. They're a team that grows from the academy or something. Yeah. Mostly or something. And they're trying. Or something. Yeah. I mean they they're they're rolling out you know, Real hasn't you know, Matt Real hasn't hasn't really grabbed the spot yet, but trusty McKenzie now is getting worked through. I'd like to see more of Fontana, honestly. If they're talk, if they want to really commit to this, you know, academy thing, I'd like to see more of Fontana. And it goes back: your six and your eight are both over thirty. The Harris is thirty-three. There's no reason that he should play every game this right. season. There's no reason he should play every minute. And you know, I I brought this up after the the loss in Columbus on Wednesday on Twitter, and I said, which one of the union players could you look at during that game and say, man, they left it all out there last night? And I don't think there was one of them. I couldn't think of a single guy. You know, I, th- I think Bedoya works hard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Bedoya gives 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 a lot. And then I think... But, but after that, yeah, there's there's definite there's a definite effort I mean, drop-off. And and this this comes on the, the back of uh, the news about Latou signing the one-day contract to retire and then some of the, the, the fanfare that's been around Latou is that, you know, he was just a guy that was embraced by the city, by the fans very easily, and there's there's not that guy. And we talked a lot about that last week. Um, and uh, I don't know if you caught it. Uh, Peter Andrews had a good article on Philly Soccer Page this week about, um, you know, passion within the, mm-hmm. within the team. Um, and... I think he's right to call it out because it being around the team and being in the locker room after a loss, you can feel the disappointment. I know, I know I can, you probably can too, Yeah. but it's, it's not, it doesn't translate to the way that the fans see the game on TV or the way that the fans see the game when they're in the stadium. If, if Peter is writing that and he's not seeing that, I have to believe that a lot of other people are too. And, and I, and generally the comments on Philly soccer page agreed with him. When you saw Fontana score the goal in the first game of the season, first thing he does, pounds his chest, pounds the mm-hmm. the Union logo. The first guy over to celebrate him with him is Trusty. These these are guys that grew up Union fans, guys that grew up yeah, wanting to be in involved the in the club. They've worn yeah. that uniform for so, a while now. If if Fontana is not as good as Harris Madunian, and I'm okay with that right now, but I'm also okay with him playing 30 minutes in place of Madunian in, in a three-game week. I'm also okay with subbing Ali Bedoya for 15 minutes at the end of the game to give the kid a run. Unless he's been absolute trash and calling Jim Curtin names in practice, <laughs> why not get him back out there? Just, just because he, he looks like he wants to be out there. And some of these other guys have not really shown that. I, I agree with you. I, I, I... I, I get why you want to have Harris out there because he's consistently your best. Uh, he's consi- he's probably still your best passer on the team, even with Dutch Cal and all that. But he's such, you know, he doesn't give it to you on both sides of the ball. No. Uh, to the point where he is kind of a turnstile now, and he's not going to get any better at that. Like I said, he's 33. He's, he's played a lot of soccer in his life. 
you have this 18, 19 year old kid that Curtin has said projects to be an eight, projects to be a guy that's deep, who likes to see the whole field in front of him, who, you know, likes to have the ball on his foot with the, with options in front of him, not necessarily in the 10 spot where he's got, he, he's got that one or two options where he can, has to make that quick pass. He wants to be the guy that can carry the ball forward. Why, why not? I get he's 18. Like, you know, like, or 19 or whatever, 18, 19 years old. I get all that. But you're, you're playing like the future is now with your defense. Yeah. Why, you know, why not do it? And I'm, and it's not like Bedoya and Harris, like I said, or are 26, 27 years old and really in their prime and guys that are, you know, that you feel like you need to get out there for 30, you know, for 80, 90 minutes every week. You know, I'm fine not starting Harris one game, two games, especially in a swing like they just had. I'm yeah. fu- I'm fine with that and getting getting him a run out. I don't know if he's played on the road yet, Fontana. No. I don't he's think only he, played twice this season. Right. I don't think – yeah. Why not get him an experience on a different field and their different lights with – yeah. Another team's fans screaming and screaming and cursing at him. You know, I would I would have been interested to see how the game in Montreal shaped up if uh, Burke hadn't gotten red carded, or if there hadn't yeah. been any red cards if, if in that game. Stayed eleven on eleven because if, if you look at a game and we haven't seen the Union in the lead a lot this season, mm-hmm. which I think has has dictated what kind of subs Curtin has been forced to make, and we we can all disagree or disagree with some of the moves, but you know if. If that game on on Saturday had stayed one nothing Union and the, both teams are at eleven v eleven, convince me that you shouldn't pull off your right wing and put Bedoya there. Bring in Fontana to play the eight and Craval to play the six for Madunian. I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I, I think that I think that's a defensive posture. I think that says we're coming out to to hold the lead for the the last fifteen minutes of the game. Try to break us down. I, I agree because I think Madunian ends up being a little bit of a turnstile uh, with counterattacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. I want to see that. I'd like to see. I think I was putting that out there on Twitter a bit last week. I just put it in your structure that that Bedoya is on the right because he ends up there anyway. Yeah, he ends up a lot over there anyway. Put just structure your situation or your game plan with Bedoya on the right. He'll give you a lot on that side. He'll give you defense. He'll give you work rate. You know, he'll give you some offense. He, he can still be, you know, that last guy into the box coming in off the right. He's out there anyway. You know, bacon in there. Make Harris your eight. You can have Warren out there just to, to, to screen. And maybe your first guy off the bench is Fontana for Harris. Yeah, and I just I think a lineup like that, you know, even if if you start with a lineup like that, it affords you the opportunity to change things more. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you watch him, Curtin make substitutions right now. It's eighty percent of the time, like for like, you're just you're swapping players in the same system. It's it's there's 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 very little dynamicism of it to it. Yeah, it's it's painfully predictable. Yeah, and. But I mean that goes back a while now with the union, but it, it's very they're just really predictably predictable on offense. I'd like to see him be more flexible. I don't think it's a, it's a big ask, and maybe his hands forced this week with all these games that kind of jumbled up. We're going to have to play a Simpson or play in a Com or Pico in a different spot, and that opens something up for somebody else. 
We'll see. I don't know. I'm down, to, I'm down to try it. <laughs> yeah. And they've won three games. They've scored eight goals. It's not like what they're doing is foolproof. It's not like what they're doing is brilliant. They've scored, they've scored eight goals. Three of them are against D.C. Two of them are against Montreal. And two of them are against nine or ten man New England. Yep. Yep. Oh, I, I said it's it. It's not good. No, it, it's not. And... <laughs> You know, this one win doesn't do anything for me. They have to show some consistency, and they yeah. haven't done that at all yet yep. this year. And they have to, you know. And it seems like Seaton isn't as quite as hot on Curtin as it was maybe at the beginning of the trip. He gets gets that W, you know. Yeah, I guess. I think that he turns down, but it just keeps going back. You, you, you look at, you know, again, you look at the salaries. You're paying Jay Simpson all this money not to play. You know, you're paying guys difference maker money that aren't really difference makers on your team. It's still out on, on Dutch Cal. He could be. He's not yet. <laughs> he hasn't shown it yet. Could be. Once he gets more in a rhythm, plays, you know, 10 games with his team, he could be the, the guy that, you know, is your playmaker slinging the ball around out of that spot and getting people involved in the world. We'll see. Don't know yet. But... You you look at the totality of that. He hasn't. He's never had a complete roster. He's never had all the play. You know, the issue goes above him, and ultimately, he might still pay the price for what's going on in the field. And you could point to things that he does that he's responsible for. Absolutely, but a lot of the issues are above him. And I'm not sure if they put somebody else in there, those issues linger. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- you know, I think that's the question that a lot of us have is that if they did fire Jim and bring in a new coach, how much of a say does Ernie Stewart have in game day? How much of a say does Ernie Stewart have in game day formation, mm-hmm. game day team selection? Is it is it a conversation with his coach where the coach has the final say? Is it a conversation with the coach where he has the final say? I don't think any of us know this. No. I think Ernie would say it's always the coach's decision. I don't. I don't know if Jim would say it. I'm curious. I don't know. That's a maybe good. I should ask him. Yeah. Well, we should. Uh, that's a good question. Um, maybe someone else can it's ask. It's not really him. something I've. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, if anybody else wants to ask him, yeah. You know. If Matt oh. DeGeorge wants to shout that one out at the press conference. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Matt. Matt's a lot braver than we are. <laughs> um, it, no, it is an interesting question though. And if you do bring in somebody, I mean, they have Schroeder on the roster who has a pedigree, you know, not a huge pedigree, but, you know, has been assistant. So, you know, has done it in Europe and all that as an assistant. Is that a hindrance to any replacement you talk about when they come in? You know, a guy, you know, if you you bring in a big name, he's going to, you know, he wants to pick his team. Yeah, I don't know. It's curious. Um, Okay, we'll, we'll wrap up soon. Uh... Talk a little bit World Cup real quick. Mexico puts out their team, no Jonathan Gonzalez. Yeah, by all accounts, he's been poor. Um, I don't feel bad. No. <laughs> Which, you know, after, after all the hand-wringing and, you um, know, this, this is... It, it kind of made me smile, not going to lie. Right, all the hand-wringing about oh, U.S. soccer, how, how, how are we going to do this? Doesn't make the doesn't make the uh, World Cup team. And there were some things floating around that that was 
part of the carrot to get him to come to Me- the Mexican national team. Yeah, oh, that he was going to get guaranteed. We, we, yeah. We, yeah, we got a spot for you, but hey, you can't earn it. You can't earn it. Um, so that's a bit unfortunate. No, Jack Wilshere on the England club, on the England squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He keeps getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, he keeps getting hurt, and he, he kind of swings up and down with his form, and I think everybody was really excited kind of middle of the season. How He, he was playing well, and then he kind of swings down his form, and his attitude's weird. It is, yeah. You know, he's, he's, he doesn't come across as a very likable guy to me. No, and... I mean, I, I'll admit that I'm not a huge Arsenal fan, but uh, he he puts his attitude ahead of his uh, his play a lot of time. Like he'll rather he seems a little petulant. Yeah, he'll rather bark at a at a, at a ref or you know he could get he could get out of his game really quickly. Yeah, and I, I think a who, lot. Who is he competing with for his the England position? You think? Um, not sure. I mean, it would be dire in, in that spot. Yeah, kind of in the. Ali is <clears throat> Deli Ali is probably a little advanced. Yeah, he's. I mean, it's for that deeper kind of like that eight spot. Yeah, I don't know what the union or the uh, the England setup considers Fabian Delph at this point. Right, uh, they have him listed as defender, but yeah, I mean, he played left back for most of the season for City, right? Right, right. But they you know, they have him listed as defender, but I guess he could play play. He's always, he was always that. a midfielder before right, he went to yeah. City. Yeah, so it's curious. Yeah. And it's, Tough talking about the I would, World Cup. Yeah, I would take I would take Dyer over Wilshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I would. Consistency. Yeah, and like he's been hurt, and I, I think Southgate probably was. Yeah, it might have taken him, but he just he, he he's tough. He, he has he's been having a problem getting on the field, and when he gets on the field, he goes out there and he barks. At I couldn't people. believe that Daniel Sturridge made the team. Uh, or Welbeck. <laughs> or Welbeck. That's what I mean. Yeah, I couldn't. Not I, Sturridge. Wellbeck. I mean, I, I like Welbeck when he again he's a guy that's never healthy, yeah. but when he's healthy, I think he gives you some some good hard work, and he'll he'll nick a goal here and there for yeah. you. But is he a World Cup player? I don't think so. I mean, I think I think I have to think that the depth chart up top for England is is Harry Kane and, and a bunch and, of guys, and then, and then Jamie Vardy. <laughs> yeah, and Vardy. I mean, those what those, those are your strikers. What a story though, Jamie Vardy is. Really? When you you know he went from basically pub football, yeah, to the World Cup and. Not that long, not yeah. that long of a time. Yeah, you know, won, pl- won a league in there, playing Sunday football, wins set, a league, set, set the record for consecutive games with a goal. Yeah, like, uh, so many good. Uh, yeah, I, and, I like Jamie Vardy. Yeah, how could you not? Know he's a handful. I think. I, yeah. and he's, he's been good the, the last two seasons since mm-hmm. Leicester's. Uh, oh yeah, he's still, he's still, season. He's still consistent. He's still, he's still I mean, he had fifteen goals, goals this year. So he's still bang goals in for you. Yeah. I mean, he got he got clips by uh, Mosala and. To the rest of the world, oh, man. <laughs> and yeah, even and Harry Kane, but we're we're having this uh, this debate around the, uh, the the water cooler today at, at the Academy of Natural Sciences. Me and the other two people at the Academy <laughs> of Natural Sciences that like soccer, um, talking about Mo Salah. And you're talking about the Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. It's, I think everybody's ready to see someone win the Ballon d'Or. Besides, besides Ronaldo or Messi, mm-hmm. but if you look at the numbers, it's still really hard to argue with either of those guys. And I, I think you can you can make a good argument for Salah this year. He's been he's been terrific. He's been a great story. He scored a ton of goals. Um, is is it going to come down to World Cup performances for all these guys? And it, it's really difficult because I think it, Mo Salah is on the weakest team. Yeah, it's tough. And yeah, you look at all three of these teams. Argentina has I think consistently punched under their weight. Everybody, I think this is now or never for Messi for yeah, for a is. World Cup. I think so. I mean, he'll be thirty-five, I think, 
next cycle around he might they might just take him to you know kind of a last hurrah at or that he, point he still might be belting oh, 40 it, goals in La Liga uh, too who, so yeah, exactly who knows I have no idea uh, or he'll be on MLS yeah. oh no, yeah. no, no, mm, no not probably not no, probably not um, <laughs> Portugal Portugal's Portugal I yeah. mean they you know the, European but champions yeah but uh, Egypt you know first time they're they've been there in a long long time yeah. So yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, do, do you do you, do you hold that against him? Do you hold Egypt's performance against him? I don't know. I mean, if he, if he plays well and Egypt is out in the, out after the group stage, what, what's that say? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if you hold it against them. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard, I, especially after what happens next Saturday. You know, yeah, in, in the in the in the final. I, I mean, that might go a long way too. You know, if Salah goes out there and that's a hat trick in the Champions League final, yeah. I think any anybody's going to have our time arguing <laughs> against that. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing. But if Ronaldo goes out there and that's a hat trick, and the, it's the same thing. You know, he's had he's had a really good season for Madrid. You know, Messi has more goals than Salah, which mm-hmm. I don't think most people realize. I didn't even realize that yeah, until yeah. today. And I looked it up when someone told me. I was like, yeah, that's oh, true. It's, it's, oh, Messi, he's oh, just yeah. being, he, he, he's, he just so built boring. in forty every year, right. every it's season. So boring, how fabulous he yeah, is! Barcelona essentially runs La Liga <laughs> yeah. straight through, uh, and the guy scores forty goals, and it's an afterthought in right. a year where Salah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's a great it, time to be alive. It is. I, I'm so pleased that I've gotten to see this because we'll we'll mm-hmm. think back about this in twenty years and go. Oh man, man, Ronaldo and Messi were pretty good. Right. No, exactly. And you take you do very much take it for granted. It's like the Michael Jordan years. You yeah. just take like, oh. oh, they're one yeah, you know, the Bulls won seventy nine games, they're doing all that. You just take it for granted. Oh, that's just what happens. Yeah. You, know, you take you take that stuff for granted now. Um Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting argument. That's one of the fun arguments about sports that yeah. you have and um another another thing that came up at the water cooler talk today is <laughs> if if you took the best 18 players that did not make the German squad for the World Cup, and you you made them their own country and entered them in the World Cup. How far do you think they'd get in the tournament? It's amazing how deep I think, Germany. I, I is. think they'd easily make like the final yeah. eight. <laughs> like who did they? They took like they didn't take like a bunch of guys. Yeah, um, yeah that, it's it's amazing how deep Germany is yeah. that they could do that. They could leave. Yeah, you know, basically a whole team. That, Unbelievable. That, that could make you know. Basically, a whole other team they could leave off that would play very well. It's incredible. Um, Embarrassment of riches. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up on that. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll have, probably have a guest next week. Yeah, I don't. Might have a might have a guest co-host next week. Yeah, I have no idea what my schedule is going to be <laughs> after this week. I have to get through this weekend. So we'll probably have a guest co-host next week as well because of you know Mike's got a lot of important things to do. <laughs> um, so uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch everybody next week.